0: awesome podcast
1: toot toot
0: how you doing over there bud i'm pretty good mr possum it's uh you know it's my peak season i'm feeling pretty good i'm living my life to the fullest you know it's weird
1: you say that about every season seems like you're just it's kind of a cover all. yeah i guess that's
0: optimism i don't know well it's just a little trick i have to help keep myself uh motivated it's to refer to everything as my peak season Mm-hmm. it's
1: working you're thriving Now, I've been kind of pondering lately, Big Al. I've been a little ponderous and thinking about how important my time is on this planet, you know? How precious everything is. I don't want to waste any second of this thing we call life. I want to get all the juice out.
0: Uh huh. Know what I mean? Yeah, Uh, man, I do know. That clock is ticking.
1: And speaking of getting all the juice out, Big Al, I came up with a little life hack. Of the best way to get all the juice out of a lemon. See, I used to use my hands like a total fool. Uh Uh-huh. I would, like, kind of punch the lemon with my hands and my fists and sort of chop at it with the side of my hand. Uh Uh-huh. And I couldn't get no juice out of it at all. Right. It was just a soft old lemon by the end of it.
0: Karate chopping a lemon with the side of your hand is not the best way to uh, squeeze all the juice out of the lemons that life gives you. No way. You just get
1: more lemons. Well, I figured out a little life hack. Now I just put that lemon under my truck tire, and I run over the lemon. Uh Uh-huh. And, buddy, my truck tire is positively lousy with lemon juice. Right. And I promise you that lemon is just a husk. It ain't got no juice at all in there.
0: Yeah. And you could just sort of hang out there by the tire and lick that thing like a lollipop all day, I imagine.
1: Exactly. And then my bumper sticker on my truck that says, Life Gave Me Lemons, starts to make sense. Uh Uh-huh. I'm full of all sorts of stuff like this to really maximize your time on Earth.
0: Yeah. Well, what about this? What if we do an episode tonight full of uh, some of our best life hacks? What if we share some of our both time-saving and life-maximizing, experience-maximizing tips to our listeners at home, Mr. Possum? What do you think of that?
1: I mean, I'm into it. I mean, I, I can talk about this for an hour. Now, did you say you have some, too?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have all kinds of great uh, time-saving, money-saving, experience-enhancing tips for all of our uh, all of our friends at home.
1: All right. I'll believe it when I see it. You strike me as kind of a frivolous feller.
0: Well, I make it look easy, Mr. Possum.
1: Ah, that's the trick, huh?
0: The trick is I make it look easy, and I make myself appear very lazy to the Observer. But hold on, we're getting into my life hacks here now, uh, so I'm not going to give away too much more. Indeed, indeed. So when we come back, Mr. Possum and I are going to share some of our best life hacks with you. For free. For free. But first, this thing. Mr. Possum, you got a life hack for the listeners? The first life hack that I'm going to
1: go over today is what to do with that sticky, stubborn old peanut butter that's sitting at the bottom of your jar that your tongue can't reach. Everybody's had the problem where you've used the peanut butter for all your sandwiches and to hide pills in there for your dog and stuff like that, and you get to the bottom and it's like, well, who's going to eat that, you know? Right. You try to shove your tongue in there, you're going to cut it to pieces. It's going to be cut to pieces, to ribbons. Yeah. So what you do, you don't want to just throw it away. You want to get some more use out of that peanut butter jar. What you do is you put that jar in front of a fan, and you let the air blow it around the room. Uh Uh-huh. The room's going to smell like, you guessed it, peanut butter. Yeah. And it's going to remind you to get more peanut butter. And when people come over to your house, it's a great way to say, hey, I have food here sometimes.
0: Okay, so you're, ter- you're turning a near-empty uh, jar of peanut butter into a sort of electric Yankee candle. Yeah. And filling your house up with the smell of peanut butter.
1: Yeah, and you can do it with other food, too. Other stuff that's sticky at the bottom of a jar you can't finish, you just put a fan in front of it. And then your whole house is going to start to smell like, I don't know, a completely put-together dinner or something? Come so on.
0: Sort of a food-motivated trash person's version of air conditioning, right? Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's also a smart to-do list.
0: It, so as you're walking out of the house, you're sort of smelling the different smells of the uh, sort of— open, exposed food you've got blowing around. Right. And you're going, oh, right, oh, right. I'm almost out of, uh, well, what's another? Th- I'm almost out of mayonnaise. You're probably going to have a jar of mayonnaise out there open, blowing around in the open air.
1: hmm You know, like, when you get to the grocery and you call your wife, and you're like, hey, I forgot my list. What was I supposed to get? She can't see the list. You're going to make her go through the pantry and see what you're short on? No. You're going to have her sniff the air, and she's like, okay, it looks like we need peanut butter. Olives, pickles,
0: Miracle Whip. One thing I'm kind of imagining is if this becomes a regular part of your life, which it sounds like it has. Um, you could almost theme your house or theme rooms in your house based on different types of food and different flavor experiences. Sort of like Elvis. You know, Elvis has the jungle room. Uh, Possum's got the maybe the, the the ranch room. You know, like you got a room that smells like old ranch sauce. Right, you're kind of
1: describing like the Mask of the Red Death, where the Prince Prospero has a bunch of friends over, and each room's a different color, and then the plague walks in. Yeah, precisely that. I guess the plague is just rotten food in my situation, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. But again, you're sort of a smell-based creature. You're like half nose, so it makes sense. It makes sense that you, that your your colors are kind of smells. That's true. The Mask of the Red Smell. I'm sure there's a better version of that. uh the smell of the the smell of the red smell the smell of the The red smell
1: the smell of the red death
0: the sniff of the ranch breath is what is what yours would be called
1: now it just sounds like we're writing mad libs
0: yep that's all we do on our show
1: big al what's your next
0: one well my first big life hack this evening is get your own set of balls say what get your own set of balls mr possum now let me play out a scenario (laughs) for you you're at O'Grady's billiard hutch down at the corner of Manasset and Kong. And you've been hustling some shiny shoe dentist and his bozo airline pilot buddies for the better part of two hours. Just chuckling along with their corny jokes and watching them grow drunker and more confident as they sink that shiny eight ball over and over. At last, you got them right where you want them. Now any hustler worth his salt like myself will immediately pull a leather case out his boot containing a perfectly weighted and calibrated two-piece pool cue, engraved with his own name, and start screwing the thing together. Classic scene. This is, of course, the beginning of the end for our poor tourists. But I found an even deeper level of domination on the felt, Mr. Possum. Next thing I do is I pop open my fanny pack and spill 22 of my own custom-made pool balls onto the table. And these suckers is custom. Cryptic script, so it's difficult to tell which one you're hitting. Matte colors and camouflage, so they blend into the table. A few of them are too big to go into the pockets. An unbeatable set of balls, Mr. Possum. I have yet to lose a game playing with these bad boys. Huh?
1: I see an obvious problem with this. I mean, I feel like you're the guy that the rule was made for in terms of like, hey, don't bring your own stuff. I mean, it, you're you're playing some crooked billiards. Crooked? Yeah, that's right, Mr. Possum. This is going to sound weird coming from a wild animal, Big Hell, but I think that you've got the, the self-awareness and sense of fairness of a three-year-old. That's right,
0: Mr. Possum. Mr. Possum and I are sharing some great life hacks this evening, and it's Mr. Possum's turn to share one. Thanks, Big Hell. Now, if you're like me, ball caps don't really fit your head
1: right. Same for pants and shirts and other garments. What are you going to do? Walk around naked? No. I mean, I could. I'm an animal, but I still like to have kind of a cartoon animal look to me where I just at least wear a shirt you know. Yeah. We're trying to have a society here. So this is what I do. If if a hat don't fit me right, I will cut it in half, right down the middle. And then I'll attach a rubber band around it. And I'll just make it to where it looks like it fits me from the side. I'm kind of just wrapping it around my head. And in the middle, it's just fur. It's just my head. Uh Uh-huh. And I do the same thing with shirts and pants. It's easy. You just gotta... Cut them in half with a pair of scissors, and then wrap it around your
0: body with some rope, or some rubber bands. Okay. So wait. So the So if I'm looking at you front ways, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just looking at rubber bands and uh and sort of your naked flesh and and fur sort of poking out between rubber bands is what I'm looking at. If you're looking just at the middle of my body, which is rude, my eyes are up here. Yeah. Okay, but see, most people like when I get dressed for the day, Mister Possum. I stand in front of a mirror and I look at myself from the front, and maybe you know, depending on, depending on what look I'm going for, I might take a glance at the back as well. You know?
1: Yeah, well, not everybody's the King of England, you know.
0: I just don't. I don't understand what you're, uh, what you're doing when you're only trying to look good from the side. What's that about?
1: What do you think the Mario Brothers have been doing all these years? You ever seen them from the front? No. They're out there running and jumping on mushrooms and climbing into sewers and their life's just fine. Uh Uh-huh. But they are completely naked down the middle of their bodies. Right. Like they're wearing coveralls and where the zipper should be, it's just rubber bands and peeks at their naked little bodies. It's fine what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's fine. Just look good from the side.
0: Okay. That does kind of make sense to me because you are a street creature. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the most people are going to look at you is when you're sort of crawling along the sidewalk. And they look out their window of their house. That's when they're going to see you. Right? Right. It's always kind of a, that kind of a view looking through
1: the window. And I look like I'm a video game character probably. So it's fine.
0: You have sort of a linear play life.
1: Right. I'm a platform game.
0: You're like, uh, you're like Sonic the Dredgehog. <laughs> toot, toot.
1: Toot, toot. Yeah, it is pretty accurate. I am always dropping onion rings out of my pants. Big How, what you got next?
0: Make your own underwear. Now, Mr. Possum, I have a feeling you're unaware of this, but the cost of underwear is going through the roof. Something about tariffs or something. I, I don't know. Plus, they think they got gotcha. you. They think they own the rights to decorate your down below, but they do not. Mm-hmm. little secret, little hack I've discovered, is you can make your own underwear. And you can make it real cheap. Really? You're kidding me. Step one, go out to your car and fish two Wendy's bags out of your passenger wheel well. Done. A lot of people just throw these away after they finish their lunch, but Wendy's bags make great underpants. Next, you're going to pull one of the bags up your right leg until it tops out at about waist height. Some of it's uh, going to rip, but that's just your body choosing the design of the underwear, you know? Sort of form-fitting. Then you pull the other bag up the other leg. Then you staple the tops of the two bags together, and voila! You got underwear on, and you still got some cash in the bank to go get some gelato.
1: I think it's a very smart thing to do. I mean, anytime you can make your own something, you're saving time and money in your life, and that's good.
0: And if you can stick it to the underwear business, more power to you. That's what needs to happen, is they need to find out people have other options. Old Mr. Calvin Klein needs to be walking down the street and he needs to see a bunch of uh, people with Wendy's bags poking out from the top of their jeans. And he needs to start thinking, maybe I'm not so valuable. Maybe I don't matter as much in this universe as I've thought. And maybe it's time for me to drop the price on my expensive undies for a little while.
1: Calvin Klein sees you with your your Wendy's bag underwear and he goes, "Uh uh-oh, there's a new kid in underwear town. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. Mr. Possum, what you got next? Clumsiness is a big problem. How do you solve it? I mean, are you all elbows? Are you always bumping into stuff, knocking things off of countertops and tables and tripping over yourself and losing your shoes because you stuck it into a thing of mud? Clumsiness is a disease. How are you gonna fix this? Big Al, have got an easy solution for you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: All you gotta do is stuff pool noodles into your clothes it'll protect you You, you're not gonna have bruises all over your elbows and knees from bumping into stuff anymore because you're walking around you're like the the nucleus of your own little atom wow now the trick here is you got to buy clothes that are way too big like three or four times too big and then pool noodles is gonna kind of push out your clothes so you're walking around like a a clothy hamster ball and then your face is gonna look real small, kind of in the center.
0: I can see some uh, pitfalls here, Mister Possum. One, one is that you're telling a bunch of clumsy people to wear extremely baggy clothes. Now, I gotta say, if you're gonna be around any power tools or anything like that, you do not want to wear large, flimsy clothes stuffed with pool noodles. That should go without saying. But also, just in general, if you're at a uh, if you're at a backyard pool party or a disco or something where people have a lot of drinks and food and People are having a good time and you're clumsy and you're wandering in there with pool noodles stuffed in your clothes. You're going to be really upsetting everybody else's, uh, uh, upsetting everybody else's vibe. You know what I mean? Yes, but the beauty of it
1: is that they're going to be bumping into you in your little pool noodle suit. And they're going to be saying, oh, it's my fault. And they're going to apologize to you. They're going to be like, oh, I don't know why I am so clumsy today. Usually I'm so graceful. And then you just kind of waddle on, and you get to be haughty. And you're like, yeah, work on that.
0: Sharpen up. So your life hack is uh, essentially to just be the most unpleasant party guest anyone's ever had.
1: What's unpleasant about being soft? That's all I'm saying is just be softer, so not so pointy.
0: Right. Just be soft and just show up somewhere, spill everyone's drinks, and be also mad about it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's a great life hack. Please don't use that if you're coming to a pool party over here at Big Howl's.
1: Big Howl, what you have next first?
0: Soda can eggs. I like the sound of that. This is a recipe I saw on TikTok, Mr. Possum. It's real good. It's called soda can eggs. A lot of revolutionary recipes to be found on TikTok these days. Stuff where you're like, hey, how come nobody ever thought to do that before? But now somebody has. And it adds all this... Variety and vitality to your life To know all these alternate ways you can cook food Where you use unconventional cooking devices and stuff Mm -hmm. You can use waffle irons In all these interesting ways and stuff Soda can eggs are pretty simple You take an empty soda can And you put it on one of the burners on your stove Get that thing up to a medium heat And you pour some eggs into the mouth hole Two, maybe three eggs Add a little milk and some heavy cream I like to throw some bacon bits in there as well Who doesn't like bacon bits? Now, here's the brilliant part. You cut yourself a couple feet of sewing thread, and you tie it to the tab on the soda can. Then you swing that soda can like a lasso around your head a couple times. Now put it back on the burner. Then pick it up and swing it around again. Back on the burner. You're scrambling those eggs, but you don't need a skillet or a spatula. It's genius. So you do that a bunch of times until you can kind of tell the eggs are fluffy and good, and then you cut the top of the soda can off with a hacksaw. And boy, are you ready to eat some eggs. Heck, you can take them with you in the can and eat them on the go. And if you leave the top on, people will think you're sipping a soda at the movies or wherever you're at, but you're actually tonguing yourself out some hot scrambies. Uh, Big Hal, I love this idea, and I think you know I would. Yeah.
1: My favorite part about it is that I can be out in public, and I'm having eggs, and nobody knows. It's in my secret little can.
0: Secret eggs. That's a real luxury that lets you enjoy your life little some secret eggs
1: mm-hmm I could be sitting there at the movies looking all fresh and relaxed with my skin glowing from the protein that I'm taking in and someone <laughs> says, "Possum how do you look so good?" and I say, "Don't tell anyone but I'm having
0: eggs soda can eggs don't tell anyone <laughs> Possum, you got another life hack for
1: us? I've got so many, but I can only do a couple more because of our time constraints, uh-huh. which is a bummer. I mean, I could talk about this all day. Uh huh. Our life is full of so many moments, and so many of them look exactly alike. Can't discern one from the other. It's just one big moment sometimes. But that's a problem when you're leaving for a big old trip and you're thinking... I can't remember if I locked my door. Ah, and yeah. you go back through your little memory banks, and that moment of you locking your door is getting confused with every other boring time you've ever locked your door and turned around and walked to
0: your car and left. Now, this is a problem I really have, Mr. Possum, so I, uh, I appreciate you covering this topic. Oh, I've got you covered. What you want to do is you want to make
1: that experience of locking your door memorable, make it unique, do something you've never done before. Do something dangerous. Uh-huh. Every time I leave and I lock my door, I take the door and I slam my head in it a few times. Enough to kind of make me my head spin. I'm going to remember that, I say to myself. And then I slap myself about the face a little bit. uh uh-huh. Because that's something I don't normally do, believe it or not. I only do that when I lock my door. And then I take a can of hot, hot soda and I pour it into my shoe. Right? So I'm wearing shoes, I got my socks on. I pull my sock aside and I pour the soda right in there.
0: Okay, a can of hot soda. So it uh, so right. it burns a little bit. Burns a little bit, but it's
1: still fizzy, you know? Yeah. And then I'm walking to my car and I'm thinking every, with every squishy step I'm like, I locked my door. I locked my door. I locked my door. It's perfect.
0: It's perfect. Now, let me ask you this. What what happens if uh say in all the tr- in all the hustle and bustle and uh beating yourself up and uh pouring stuff into your shoe what 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 happens if you say uh forget to lock your door in the middle of all that Ooh.
1: no that's that's very important you have to do that you don't get to do all the stuff you don't get to slap your face and pour the soda in your shoe unless you lock your door that's kind of you got to look at it like that's my reward
0: yeah for doing the thing i'm just saying if you do a ton of damage to your head which is where your thinking hole is you know Uh, if you do a bunch of damage to your head over the years every time you lock your door, eventually you might forget, because you're messing with with your hardware there, you know? Well, the brain is overrated. What you
1: gotta do is just, you know, get through life. So I've got a good hack for you. If you're not sure if you lock your door, just make sure to make that moment memorable by slapping your own face and hitting your head in the door, and if you've got a hot soda, pour it in your shoe. Oh, wait,
0: wait, 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 Mr. Possum. Yes? Uh you already said all this. You already described the life hack. Oh, I did? Yeah. You already told us all of this. Uh, all I can remember is
1: locking my door today. That's all I remember. Everything else is a complete blank. Big L, what you got next first? <laughs> uh, <laughs> did
0: you get transported to a very chilly dimension in the middle of that, Mr. Possum? Oh, the things I would do for a Klondike bar. My next life hack, Mr. Possum, is eat for free at the ballpark. Every time. I'm listening. Now, this one's brilliant. This is a top-shelf hack, my friend. All you gotta do is go to the park with a t-shirt on that says Food Inspector. Now, (laughs) that may sound obvious or absurd or stupid, but I have engineered this hack, and it works. And I'll show you how. The way it works is how simple it is. See, I tried this trick a lot of ways. I tried putting on a suit and pretending to be with the government. That's not a good way to go with it. You can get in a lot of trouble, Mr. Possum, uh, pretending to be with the government, turns out. Then I tried to pretend like I worked there, like I was some kind of uh, higher up at the uh, ballpark. And that doesn't get you in as bad of trouble. But the, uh, but the managers and stuff, they can sniff you out pretty fast. if uh, they, they tend to know who they work for. Right. They do. So what I did, Mr. Possum, is I invented a third party. What? I invented a third party. I started a shell company with a website. It's called foodinspectors.com. And the website gives you an email to contact if you're wondering why you're being inspected. And, uh, you know, if they ask for any kind of authority or whatever, you say, well, you'll have to send an email to foodinspectors.com. And I, of course, just don't answer those emails. Those just go straight to trash. So you see how it works. It's pretty foolproof. Like, so you walk up to the counter and there's some kid working back there. You have a foodinspector.com t-shirt on. And you say, I'm with foodinspectors.com. I need to inspect some of the food. So give me some food. And if the manager comes over and asks them about it, they say, well, here's the email you send. And you ask them about that. And heck, with all the Yelps and the Uber Eats and Postmates and stuff out there, folks working there probably think it's just some new middleman running around, and it's part of this new wonderful gig economy we got. And then also, and this is pretty brilliant, there's a link on the website where you can buy one of the shirts, become part of the foodinspector.com community. So I'm making money off of this as well. Free food and money for me. And last time I went to the ball game. I saw 20 people in food inspector shirts. It's a growing community. Wow. Big yeah, Al, I can't believe I'm about to say this out loud on the
1: radio, no less. I would like a job, please. There. I would like to be a food inspector, please.
0: Oh, you're saying you'd like to get one of the shirts and you'd like to come be a part of the food foodinspector.com community? I'd, I'd like to
1: be one of the guys that goes in there and gets that free food and...
0: Well, I'm sorry to do this, Mr. Possum, uh... But I uh, I'm afraid you just don't quite have the qualities we're looking for in a food inspector over at foodinspectors.com. Really. I'm afraid you don't quite meet our standards for uh, you know, for for one of our food inspectors.
1: Dang. You know the the, the way you were describing it earlier I kind of kind of getting the impression it wasn't a real job and now it's feeling like a real job cuz I didn't get it.
0: Well, we're trying to have a respectable grift here, Mr. Possum, and uh I think you would ruin it. Fair enough, I probably would ruin it. Mr. Possum, I think it's your, uh, it's your final one. Yep,
1: Big Hal, I picked a pretty big one for the last one. I'm gonna fix the world's biggest problem. Oh, yeah? Doldrums. Boredom. Routine. humdrums. Yeah. How you gonna fix that? You know, everybody's different, everybody's got different stuff. I'll tell you how you fix it. Here's what you do. You pay somebody to come take you out.
0: Oh, like an but escort? The, you have an escort come over to to take take you out for a nice uh, nice date? No, not
1: escorts. Escorts is not my life hack, big hell. I'm
0: talking about oh.
1: you pay somebody to come over at an undisclosed time, a surprise time, to kick your
0: bucket, you know, punch your ticket. Oh, you're talking about like getting fletched? Getting fletched? Yeah, getting fletched like uh, like Fletch. That's uh in that movie. He's like he's hired to take some guy out by the guy. Oh,
1: yes, then fletched. That's what I'm talking about. Pay somebody to fletch you. And the trick is you don't know when it's going to be. Then yeah. every day is you know could be your last, and you maybe have more fun instead of taking naps and griping about everything. And
0: sure. Stuff like that. Okay, I see. So it becomes more concrete to you, the fact that uh, our time on Earth is precious, because you know that you've got an expiration date, and you also know you don't know when it is. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens, uh, Mr. Possum, if uh, if that if that assassin or whatever takes your money and then doesn't fulfill their end of the bargain? Oh, yeah. And what happens if, say, five years goes by and you're sitting there and you're bored? And you're going, oh, wow, this is boring. That guy just ran off with my money. Do you hire another guy? Yeah, you got to hire another guy
1: to flet you in that case. Mm, and then, wow. and then you just kind of turn into Sarah Connor from Terminator. You got a lot of people coming at you that <laughs> might potentially kill you, and that's kind of fun because I mean you're an action star now, baby. Yeah, that's true. You can just sit around and train. You can do some pull ups in your in your house. So you're playing it to fight back. I, I I mean, I have no doubt that I'm going to fight back because I'm going to forget about it, Big Al. Yeah. I'm gonna forget all about it, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, you paid me to fletch you," and i will be like, "Fletch me if you can."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> you are gonna say that, and they're toot gonna toot. go toot toot.
1: And if I, if the last thing I hear is toot toot, then that will be beautiful. Big Hal, what's your last one?
0: I saved my best life hack for last, Mister Possum, and it's to get. Infinite money. Infinite money with Bitcoin. I'm very excited to announce the launch of my new cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. This coin's going to be huge, guaranteed to go up and up in value. And guess what? There's tons of it. And as more businesses realize what a drag it is to be anchored to the dirty old green dollar, the more are going to be accepting. And paying their employees in crypto. Now I do have some competition. There's a uh, Bitcoin and Dogecoin and Wendy's Bucks and iTunes gift cards. But sure. Bitcoin has a great brand and a great spokesman.
1: Oh, big spokesman! Oh, huh? that that sounds promising. Who you got? You got Shaq?
0: You got the general? No, uh, Mr. Poss- obviously, I'm talking about me. I'm the spokesman for Bitcoin. Big howl, Bitcoin. Oh. Oh, okay. And it's very easy for a layperson to get into Bitcoin. It's not a, it's not some weird uh, esoteric scheme like the other ones. And to show the listeners how easy a Bitcoin transaction can be, I've decided I'm going to start paying you, Mister Possum, in Bitcoin. First payment right now. That's eight dollars, right?
1: Yes, that's correct, sir. Eight dollars.
0: $8. All right. Now, Mr. Possum, open up your email there on the console computer.
1: Okay. All right. I've got an email from you here, Big Hell, and it just says, 8 Bitcoin.
0: Yep. That is how the transaction works. Okay. You simply text someone the words 8 Bitcoin, or however many Bitcoin you want to give them. 200 million Bitcoin, if you, if you feel like it, if that's what it costs. Hmm. And that way... For every transaction, there's an electronic record of how many big coins you sent to someone else. So all you have to do to spend that eight big coin, Mr. Possum, is type it out in an email to somebody else or a text message or you could write it in a letter, I suppose. All right. It, I mean, I'll give you this. It seems easy as a piece of pie. Yeah. Easy peasy.
1: So anybody can do this, you know. I mean, what creates the value? What's backing it? You got some gold involved here or what?
0: Oh, yeah. Loads of gold backing it, baby. Look over here. See this big smile? That's your gold. No. That's their gold. Big Howl is associated with Bitcoin, and therefore it's valuable. Well, you think you're the general or something? My pretty face, my beautiful smile, my charming personality, that is what creates the value of this cryptocurrency. Is how much people want to be associated with me. Dang. So you are rich,
1: and I guess I'm rich with delusion books.
0: The Big Howl and Possum. Toot toot.